Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Money FM 89.3. You're with Prime Time and Bharati Jagdish, and now giving you a view of the markets. I think sorely needed here. We need to be taking stock of the week and a look at the Fed's quantitative tightening program, which began earlier this week. How is this expected to go? How might it affect the economy and markets? We'll also be looking at China's economic prospects as it begins easing COVID-19 curbs, but a lot of that still in doubt. As cases continue to emerge and people wonder about what China might do next. Economist at CIMB Private Banking, Song Sing Wun joins us now to help us out. Hi, Sing Wun. Hello, hello. I mean, you've got at least some expertise to try and fathom what exactly might happen. What has happened has happened in the first place. So I know that today investors are looking ahead to May's labor report report, Mm. in the US. It will be released Mm. later. According to Mm. Bloomberg Economics, it's likely to show the smallest gain in jobs since April last Mm. year. And this is alongside a downshift in average Mm. hourly earnings growth as well. Mm. What do you think? What are you expecting? I don't know about the downshift in wages because certainly the jobless claim has ticked up a little bit, but they had bottomed up at the beginning of April at below 200,000 a week. I think it was the bottom of somewhere around 170,000. It's crept up a little bit since to just over 200 or thereabout, but it's still signaling a fairly tight labor market condition. Uh, what we are seeing now is quite a lot of changes along the ground on the different industries itself as opening move has led to still more demand in leisure travel side. We have seen, I suppose, with opening again, demand within the tech space cooling off a little bit. And we have seen some of the big tech companies announcing that they may have to trim the labor force a little bit. They may be looking to actually have to make money for a change. So this is, I think, going out and happening against a backdrop of higher interest rate, higher inflation, although people generally can still take the higher prices in stride uh, because the labor market remains strong, they have savings, or they they still have a job to go back to, even though they incur some debt. Uh, Whether and how long they can continue to remains to be seen. But it'll be interesting to see in terms of there will be shift uh, in the dynamics of jobs, gain or job loss. We clearly know within the leisure travel, etc., we will see job gain. Else, in other sites, maybe smaller or job losses, larger companies are looking to trim their labor force a little bit. Mm. Smaller ones are still struggling to find. Uh, but all, overall, I think we are still likely to see labor market condition remaining tight for now. Speaking of companies trimming their labor force, Tesla says it wants to pause hiring and they need to cut staff by 10%. How surprised were you about this particular uh, development? Not really, but then again, if this comes from Elon Musk, you know, we, we take it with a pinch of salt. But, <laughs> but anyway, with Within the, the, the broader, I suppose, tech space, whether you're talking about the, the likes of Netflix, where I mean, bottom line here is interest rates rising, so your discount rate uh, has to go up. The day of cheap money, uh, money being thrown from the window, so to say, by the Fed, is ending. Uh, it started this week. 
So really, businesses then have to look at, oh, okay, let's see if we can see how to make money. So for the, the traditional so-called value company, it is, you know, boring or, you know, brick and mortar businesses. They still essentially have to deal with the issue of high input costs, higher cost of goods, higher staff costs, how to make money for so-called uh, uh, companies which really depends on low interest rate and looking to make money somewhere down the road it is really then uh, about okay investors and shareholders are a little bit more concerned about how long we're going to be losing money whether we can make money maybe we should be looking at how we can make money in an environment where cost of borrowing has gone up and people can perhaps make money just by putting money in the bank because they're yielding a bit better mm. higher return now so all these things are still playing out so the debate on value and growth stocks, I think, uh, will become even more, I think, uh, intense in the coming days and months. What's notable is that the Fed's quantitative tightening began mm. earlier this week on Wednesday. Indeed. Your mm. thoughts on how this might go? Well, very simply, the days of helicopter money is over. The days of the, the Fed, other central bank around the world, just essentially throwing money out the window to ensure that we get over uh, the, you know, the, the crisis in terms of confidence and helping businesses to just survive by offering the cheap money to allow them to retain staff, hire staff, uh, to allow consumer uh, to essentially stay employed and therefore adding to the economy. Uh, well, now we are in a different environment now in that we have much higher inflation, both from the cost by the supply side, disruption, anything from whether it's China or whether it's Eastern Europe or just the persistent supply chain because uh, of this ongoing pandemic and the, the occasional disruption to demand coming up because I look up from the window into Chinatown and I certainly see a lot more tourists uh, in Singapore today in June compared to last month or even the prior month. And example of this opening is not just within Singapore. Uh, this week we talk about Japan, although it's organized tour, Korea, uh, Shanghai. So they add on to demand and therefore on supply chain disruption, woes and price pressure. And I suppose this is where if people are willing to still spend and take higher prices in stride, central bank at least feel confident enough to say, that, okay, you're still spending. Let's make it a bit more attractive to you, more attractive for you to not spend, keep money in the bank for those who will still continue to spend because it's revenge spending, it is revenge travel. Um, uh, it, it all adds up to demand for services and that spill over the labor force and therefore labor costs. Well, since you mm. mentioned the tourists in Chinatown in Singapore, I have to say that a lot of economists have been saying, actually, the picture in Asia is likely to look quite different from the picture in the US vis-a-vis a mm. recession, because we have been tightening policy here for mm. longer, mm. we have been more prudent, mm. we have been saving. Indeed. What's Indeed. your perspective mm. on this? Are we likely to see a very different scenario play out in this part of the world, oh, in spite of we- what's happening in the US? <laughs> because we can't really say that either, can we? The ripple yeah effects are very indeed. real. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So this is where we all keep my fingers and my toes crossed in that if we were to see significant headwind challenging spending uh, in your US side, uh, very important, coming up, the summer driving season in the US coming through and they're going to be driving uh, their, you know, their, their cars with record high gasoline prices. I think it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, already crossed Five US dollar a gallon. Car costs more. The gasoline costs more. Uh, you know the the accommodation that they go to uh, will all cost more. Essentially, so whether they can still weather through that higher cost storm will will are important. 
so far, it looks like they can because they still revenge spending, people are still hiring. Uh, for us in Asia, the difference, I suppose, is that the inflation, though, are going up. It's going up from a lower level. Central banks are tightening, but not as aggressively uh, as the U.S. central bank plans to. Obviously, it will, it will uh, varies across the region. And importantly, I suppose the key thing still is uh, business condition remains fairly supportive, taking higher prices in stride, still hiring. I mean, today we had, in you know, the last couple of days, we have PMI figures coming through. Yes, we've seen some pullback in some of the manufacturing side, but it's still relatively resilient with order flow hiring. We're just a lot more worried and keeping our eye on cost uh, side. So for Asia... I think for now, we can still tahan the higher prices, but mm. obviously, how long we can tahan well, will be the key things going forward if U.S. demand slow down, if European demand slow down, because uh, you know, higher gasoline prices or higher gas prices may take the wind out from the European consumer as well. And here in Asia, we may not be able to isolate ourselves away, but I think if we are able to still continue to open up border restriction ease, China, you know, uh, getting back on feet, we may still sort of navigate our way through this environment, but the environment is higher interest rate, high inflation, you know, mm. tighter liquidity, so not as simple as so prior period. Yeah, of course. And let's not forget, fuel pump prices have climbed to new highs in Singapore, reaching that $4 mark. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you talk about elsewhere, like, you know, Jakarta, in in KL, where I was at recently, or even in in just many of the major ASEAN countries, public transport isn't really a, 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 a choice that they're willing to take. So the higher fuel costs will be something that we're watching out to what extent that curb consumption or economic activities. For now, I think we're finger crossed, still able to, to deal with it. You mentioned China. Now, markets mm. are shut in Hong Kong and China today, Indeed. but obviously investors are still watching China. Mm-hmm. As the country eases COVID-19 curbs, there is still a fear that since things are not quite back to normal, they could regress. And we're getting some mm. reports to that effect already. How mm-hmm. cautious should we be on China? Well, unless they make a U-turn on the zero COVID policy, there's always a risk. And given that there are still variances and all they were popping out, and indeed, I think our government officials are still reminding people while you go and lay out and enjoy this TGIF, you know, do be mindful as well. So I suppose we are at least, fingers crossed, happy that we are seeing some daylight within the Chinese situation, but it can also still change quite quickly as well, which is why for businesses, the contingency plan uh, with supply disruption coming out from China still remains, uh, uh, I think, something that they will have to stick to and continue to, to, to look for alternatives just in case it were to be reapplied uh, again. And obviously, that what that basically means uh, is that as far as supply side woes, it may still persist for a longer period. And if demand condition remains strong, it just keep prices higher for now. Now, officials in China have vowed to carry mm. out a whole slew of government policies mm. to stimulate mm-hmm. the economy. But there is a lot of debate over how to grow the economy without exacerbating China's already large debt bubble. And some mm. have commented that China's policies to stabilize the economy seem rather confused. What do you think? I think uh, it's not really confused, confused. I think they're trying to find a balance without overstimulating because they have 
challenges and, and, and obstacles in terms of trying down the over-leveraged property sector, for instance. I think that's happening now. But yeah, at the same time, they clearly see that restriction has impacted economic activities. We see that in terms of the PMI figures, and we'll clearly will see when they report Q2 GDP figures uh, as well uh, later down the road. So it is really still trying to find how they can utilize technology to create more value-added uh, activities, yet at the same time, they do not want uh, you know, the, the, the so-called non-productive side to see new sort of speculative flows because um, lending, has been, lending costs has come down. So, I mean, in, 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 in the context of the global economy, China is, and Japan uh, uh, are the ones that are looking still to look for a commodity easy monetary policy, the rest of the world are looking to tighten. So finding that balance for China, I think it's very interesting to what extent economic activities can bounce back in the third quarter, depending on the COVID situation in China, to what extent they can still travel or people can go, go in and to what, business, to what extent business can resume some sort, sort of activities and factories humming again, very important as well as China. But obviously, backdrop still is elevated prices, uh, for businesses that are paying for cost of goods, prices being paid for by consumer uh, as well. But I suppose it's, if we do see an easing in the restriction leading to a pickup in in-person activities, I, I'm, pick, I'm keeping my fingers crossed as far as China is concerned with a more, more significant rebound in, in Q3. But they do have room to move both on the fiscal side and the monetary side. It's just a far more targeted, I would say, this time around. Mm. What would you say is needed in their broader economic strategy at this time? If you could make mm. a recommendation, what would it be? I think it's really about helping businesses, especially the smaller ones, which they're starting to. I mean, last week, to this week, well, the last few days, certainly, they've come through with more. So a definite plan on the, on the fiscal side, tax incentive, tax runs, etc., to, to, to help businesses move along. Uh, and essentially, I suppose it will, it will still be more of that how to help businesses in terms of tying through uh, this period if they were to be faced with uh, lockdowns again. And obviously, backdrop still is, although external demand still remains fairly resilient, uh, how to essentially stimulate domestic consumption that at least take up uh, the, the production capacity uh, of, of China, whether it's not south, uh, east or west. So monetary policy, targeted very, very important, especially for small businesses and obviously uh, fiscal uh, measures in terms of tax relief, etc., will continue to be, I think, playing a key role in trying to put a cushion under the, the, the Chinese economy. Finally, saying one very mm. quickly, what are the key developments we ought to be watching next week? Oh, still all about oh, after tonight's job numbers. We'll be looking at inflation figures coming up from the US, mm. both CPI, PPI, and then we're into the interest rate weeks where you know, the U.S. Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, Bank of England, uh, ECB. So it will still be all about monetary tightening, how they talk about inflation, whether they see inflation picking or not. Certainly looking at trends on the commodity side, commod- whether it is soft or hard, uh, or energy costs, it still looks like there's still upward pressure uh, on headline uh, consumer prices and producer prices uh, over the near immediate term. So typically a headache for uh, central mm. banks. To deal with. <laughs> Thanks very much, Sing Wun, economist at CIMB Private Banking, Song Sing Wun. Thank you for joining us. You stay My safe. Pleasure. Take care. You too.
podcast. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.